1: I'm Ryan Snyder, and on today's episode of the Blue White Illustrated Recruiting Podcast, Sean Fitz and I are going to get into the big win at Auburn, what it means for recruiting moving forward. Uh, there was also a big On 300 update this past week. Uh, Penn State now has 12 guys uh, in the top 300, so they add a few there. We'll get into all that. A few other things as well, looking at a big official visitor coming on the campus this weekend, and I put in an RPM pick that I think you guys are going to want to hear about. Let's get into it. All right, Fitz. Episode two. It's uh, I try not to talk over you as much for this one, <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot to talk about this week, man. That that Auburn win. We'll, we'll start with that. Uh, I think I think whenever fans see a big win like that, they're going to expect you know big news coming. You know, guys are excited, and of course there are there are guys out there that are uh, you know down south that are keeping an eye on Penn State. We talked about Carmelo English, some other guys last week, but just. I'll just kind of start with your thoughts on what, what that win means. Does one win mean a whole lot in recruiting? You know, I think we, you and I have similar thoughts on that, but I'll, I'll start with your opinion.
0: Also great to be on with you, uh, T-shirt crew, on Tuesdays. It's not as formal as when I'm on with Nate. So, um, But yeah, <laughs> the, the win over Auburn, obviously big. Obviously something that you can drive to for momentum, but I, I caution people in taking too much away from it from a recruiting standpoint because just one win is is, is that. I mean, it's, it's a very small... Uh, sample size in an entire recruitment. Sometimes we uh, sort of batch up recruitments and and make everything uniform. When it is really a case by case basis, and 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 truth be told, one win while it's fan- a fantastic win on a national stage might get yourself in front of more eyeballs. It's not going to change much in terms of uh, earning commitments. It's not going to change much in turn of uh, in terms of this current class earning interest. Now, what it will help is it will juice up your guys for that Ohio state weekend, that the Minnesota weekend for the whiteout, which is going to be a really, really big visit weekend for Penn state. I think you will get a little bit more interest and expand those lists from a national level. Uh, Maybe say, okay, I wasn't sure about Penn state, but it's worth taking the flight. It's worth, uh, you know, spending the weekend up there and, and making the effort to get up there. So I don't think you can take too much away from one game, and, that, and that's win or lose. I mean, that that this is sort of a uniform uh, theory that we've talked about over the years. It's one big win is great. One big loss is not going to kill you. Um, I, I just don't think you can take a ton away from it. Penn State, in talking to people, you know, in the program that we talk to, there, there's not this giant rush of kids that are rushing to their phone to call Penn State to talk about the win. You typically get excitement and that's great but you typically get the same uh level of kid the same uh just general nucleus of who you've been talking to the entire time so i think it's it's very interesting it's great to take whatever momentum you can get but i think you also have to set the expectation in an acceptable level where it's not going to turn around and you're not going to get three or four commits based off of one game
1: yeah the, the minnesota game will be very interesting to me with that being at night of course can they get some Southern guys, you know, maybe guys committed elsewhere too. Guys, we're not really talking about at the moment. Can they get them up maybe for a surprise official visit or two? Maybe a group from a school comes up for an unofficial visit. Uh, that's why, let's be honest, I mean, that's a big reason why this whiteout game is Minnesota this year, I think, because of the recruiting impacts. And, and obviously, it's a, it's a school-wide decision. But I think if, if we could talk to James about that, I think it's a, a, a big part of why he wanted it like that.
0: Well, you've got kids that are going to come to or try to come to Ohio State regardless, because Ohio State is Mm -hmm. such a drawling power. You get that with the Michigan game every year, too. You get that when a team like Auburn comes in. So you're going to have kids of that game, whether it's a whiteout or not. The Minnesota game, well, Minnesota, pretty good team, obviously, you know, going to be hampered. Chris Altman-Bell went down with a knee injury. uh, So he's their best receiver is going to be out. But Minnesota is going to have a pretty decent record coming into it, but you set that game at night, you give it the whiteout title and all of a sudden it's a destination. You know, kids want to see the whiteout. We we talked about this last week. Kids think the whiteout is the Ohio state game when actually, you know, know, it's going to be the Minnesota game. That's going to be, Uh, something to a bridge to cross for us at some point but uh, yeah you give yourself an opportunity to have two marquee weekends right in a row Um, the the Ohio State noon kick plays into this as well because you're not going to get many kids uh, you know it's going to be really tough for a kid say playing at IMG to get on a flight on either Mm -hmm. late Friday night early Saturday morning get into state college which is dreadful to travel to from around the country anyway so um, you know you've got uh, you got a lot of things working against you for the Ohio State game so give yourself some time get yourself uh, an opportunity to spread things out, have guys in all day, get your coaches a little bit more time with them than you typically would. um, And you've got an opportunity there for that Minnesota game. But for now it's this regard going back to Auburn, it's you're a three and O team. There's a big difference in a lot of people's eyes from a three and O team, which can turn into a five and O team going into the Michigan game, then a two and one team. I mean, you, you, you're giving yourself sort of building, you know, it's, it's like, if you're playing one of those old video games and you're working up like a, an old wrestling game and you're working up to a special move, you just keep giving yourself that juice and all of a sudden you get to your finisher or, or what have you. I sound like Josh Pate doing all these wrestling uh, comparisons. So <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, Pate. that's oh. yeah, another story for another day. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I think that's the that's the way you get into it is you just build up that juice. And then when you get to October, you have an opportunity to get these kids on campus. That's when you capitalize.
1: I didn't expect the Nintendo wwf no mercy analogy in in today's podcast but i like oh, yeah, it N 64
0: um, <laughs> those those were great man that, 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 either it could be could be the uh the no mercy could be wcw or wcw nwo revenge yes, both great that games. one yeah
1: yeah but anyway there are there were two notable recruits at auburn this weekend stanton Rammel. uh of course he's committed to michigan state he was very interested in penn state he did pop up at auburn and then Dakari Nelson, too. I, Sean, I'll, I'll throw Stan at you. Do you think there's going to be much there? I'm kind of I, – I don't really – I mean, he's been going to Auburn all the time, and he didn't commit to Auburn. So, like, I, I still think he's probably going to have Michigan State. But let's see what happens to Michigan State this year, too, after that Washington game. Do you have any thoughts on that?
0: Well, first off, you you watch that Auburn game, and, and you wonder who's going to be recruiting those kids down the stretch. I mean, that's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Um, you know, when you talk about a guy like Stan Rammel, who's not far from there, I think grew up an Auburn fan, if I'm correct. Um, they're they're very quiet, but they've they've kept uh things, the lines of communication open. Michigan State, uh, you know, you you could probably have the same conversation with Rammel that we're having about Dakari Nelson. Michigan State's a long way away from Alabama, Pennsylvania's a long way from away from Alabama. So you've got these natural things working against you, and you, you know, he's gonna go down and check out uh check out some other schools. He's been to Penn state twice and that didn't put him over the first time. So it's, it's going to be tough. But if Michigan state does struggle and you see something, you know, you see an opportunity if you're the Penn state staff to, to try and work some things out and try and make some things happen, then you're going to do that. Especially at offensive tackle when there's very, very few names on the board. Uh, We talked Mm -hmm. a little bit about that, or I talked about a little bit about that in my S zone on Monday. Um, Very few names on the board. Um you, you would like to have a bigger pool to, to, to pull from. It's just uh it's it's not happening right now. So yeah, um that's one thing where you could sort of twist that back into Penn State's favor. But I, I would have a tough time seeing Stanton Rammel ending up at Penn State. I think they're probably like a third school here. You got Michigan State, you've got the hometown school with Auburn, and then you know Penn State is kind of a a medium between those two.
1: Yeah. So one thing I will note with Rammel that I learned. Through that process is he's from uh, New York. Yeah. He's, I think it's Rochester or Binghamton. I believe yeah, he's one definitely of those two.
0: upstate New York. Yeah, he
1: he moved to Alabama during COVID to keep playing football. So so that that is something to keep in mind. I'm not sure if he's an Auburn fan. I, I think there might be something to that. I, I kind of faintly remember that somebody. Told I was me thinking that was he was an life.
0: Auburn fan, but I couldn't. I I, I don't. I, again, it's not a lifelong type thing, but he's yeah. right there, and I think he would side on that Auburn Alabama battle with the Auburn side. Because I agree been there, him, He's yeah. been there a ton.
1: Yeah. yeah that, and that's what's so interesting to me is like everybody thought it was Auburn the whole time, but just because of all the visits, but, but really, you know, I think Michigan State, I mean, obviously he's committed now, but it was becoming clear that Michigan State was a the school there. Anyway, Dakari Nelson is the one I think we really need to talk about. And I was able to catch up with Dakari. Uh, what was it on Sunday? I believe it was. Look, I mean, he's been very honest about the fact that, uh, yes, he's kept the staff in, in the loop with all these visits. I, I shouldn't say all these visits. It's only been two. Went to Ole Miss in July, now went to Penn, or excuse me, to Auburn uh, for the Penn State game this past weekend. He, he told me that his only other visit in the works is the Whiteout game. I'd kind of asked around about that in an informal setting too, to other people. And, and that that does seem to be uh, the the consensus there, is that, that, that the whiteout game is the only one that he's currently planning. We'll see if he ends up at a, another visit or two. What's interesting is just that before he committed, taking visits during the season was – was a consistent theme in, in every in every interview that I that I had with him. But he's also made it very clear he loved what he saw this past weekend. He said he was sitting with all the Auburn fans, and uh, you know when Penn State would score, he'd jump and try not to be uh, try to be subtle about it, which I thought was interesting. And uh, yeah, a good relationship with Dex. Of course, James Franklin and Dex were down to watch him this past weekend. They got a big win. Uh, Dakari told me he had about 14 tackles and I believe he had a 96 yard pick six something like that so uh obviously a great performance with with Penn State's coaches there uh, in attendance but right now I I think there's reason to feel good Sean of course you wrote about that uh I don't know a couple of days leading into the Auburn game that that Penn State feels good and everything I've been told is, is Penn State feels good so I'm I don't think there's a reason for fans to worry but I I also wouldn't be totally shocked if he did end up visiting another school at some point this season
0: yeah I mean that distance isn't changing you know that's a long way from here to Alabama so you've always got that in the back of your mind but he went there on Saturday and you couldn't ask for a better showing from the Penn State defense you know I'm sure he was he had a smile in one side of his mouth because that was a <laughs> a, a real I mean c- close to ideal for Penn State for that to happen um, you know still going to you know, keep an eye on him, but, you know, we talked last week or in, in our trimmings piece about, uh, you know, Penn state actually felt pretty good that he wanted to see them in person. Um, he wanted to see them in a whiteout, the whiteout game that he told you that he was coming to. So probably feel better than I should just be, or bit be, better than I usually do based on the distance there. The fact that he's only been up to campus, uh, I think just twice, um, mm-hmm. but he did come on his own dime last year for, for the Rutgers game. So, I mean, more yep. power to him. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that the, the, interest, the, the fact that he's been a leader on the recruiting trail is, is certainly a positive for Penn state. And, you know, as, as out of region commits go, you're feeling pretty good about that.
1: one. I've talked about that Rutgers trip before he and his family drove from Mississippi to Penn state with babies in the car uh you know just up for the game and right back can you imagine what was that game was it like 14 to 7 or i don't know 20 to 7 i don't know it was a low scoring that was the blue game yeah game. that
0: was um oh boy. yeah i mean so anyway just good for you, him yeah can
1: you imagine that drive <laughs> that's legitimate
0: interest <laughs> we, right there
1: right right so it's it's good that uh you know it ended up working out for for penn state so far and uh, i think i think there's reason to feel good but you know obviously a couple more months to go let's transition into the on 300 this was a this will be a, a topic I think on our boards here for the next couple of days and uh, there's good and bad with it depending on how you want to look at it. I think more positive than negative uh, Penn State had 10 on 300 players coming into this week. They now have 12. That's obviously a massive positive. I, I did have some people asking me why haven't they moved up in the rankings I just want to clarify our rankings are the on three consensus uh, they so they are based off of what 24/7 rivals. ESPN and on three have. So obviously uh, the on 300 only impacts a quarter uh, of that whole ranking system. So that's why they're still at number 12. I, I think some people still get confused with that, but I want to make sure I clarify that. Uh, I'll go into just, I don't want to list off all these guys. I, I will start with Javen Williams. He no change there for Javin. He remains Penn state's only five-star player. I was just out to watch Javin this past weekend Man, that was fun to watch. If you guys saw my Twitter feed, uh, he had a massive hit uh, on this poor number six. I, I felt bad for the kid. Although he did kind of start a little bit of a uh, ruffled some feathers, I guess you'd say, before the game. So uh, I, I won't get into details, but uh, Javen got a massive hit on this kid. It kind of went viral this past weekend, and uh, a lot of people picked that up. But, man, just just the way he pulls, the way he moves is so impressive. Is he going to be a tackle down the road? I think he's going to probably be more of a guard, man. The more I watch him, the, as, as well as he moves, uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, of course, he has the length to play. Here's this hit I'm talking about. I feel bad for this kid. Oh God! Uh, but yeah, I got to. I just got to watch Jaden this past weekend. It was. It was a fun experience. Great kid. And uh, some, some some nice clips there for fans to watch. But just a couple others. Alex Birchmeyer, I'll stop with this one because Birchmeyer, I think, was the one that grabbed most people's attention. He was previously number 29, and being at number 29 puts you right on the uh, cusp of being a five star player. He drops to 60 overall, which, of course, now solid. Obviously, a great four star player, high four star, uh, but he's probably not going to end up being a five star. My talk with Charles Power was pretty simple. He thinks a lot of other interior offensive linemen have caught up to Birchmeyer, which it makes sense in, in some degree. I'm not watching all these other guys, but the one thing Birchmeyer had on these guys uh, in the past year or two was his, his early uh, advancement. I mean, he was so well uh, from a technique perspective above these guys. That was Charles Reason, um for, for moving him down. He really just had other guys kind of moved up more than anything. Uh, Sean, just kind of your thoughts on it. Obviously it's a little bit below what 24-7 some other sites have. Uh, but he's now number 61, and I think he's going to be probably firmly in that that uh, 50, 60 kind of range here to to end out this class.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're kind of splitting hairs in the middle of that top 100. I'm a big fan of Birchmeyer in terms of, of I think he's a, a safe prospect, but a little bit different. We we talked so much about Landon Tengual being a safe prospect and being advanced and all that kind of stuff. But Birchmeyer, I think, uh, a little bit more athletic. Um, he's got the wrestling background, of course. And the wrestling background keeps him at – 285 or under so he's still got room to grow and, and sort of uh, be be shaped in the way that Penn State wants to shape him so am I a fan of the drop I, I get it I'm, I'm not a huge uh not a huge proponent of, of, of dropping him that far but uh yeah I can see I can see why you would take that approach I, I mean he's got got good numbers got good shuttle numbers which uh you know you're, you're talking about an interior guy all the way. So you want to see some short area quickness in a relative form, not, not compared to uh, receivers and things like that. But um, I mean, it, it, it kind of, probably all levels out in the end. I think he's a top 50 ish player and and putting him at number 60 is not an insult. I mean, that's the thing. Actually, none of these, none of these rankings are an insult. I mean, you talk about a three-star player, three-star players are pretty damn good. Um, So uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of my take on Birchmeyer looking around uh, Tony Rojas moved up. He had another big weekend uh, on on the offensive side of the ball and, and on defense as well, but you you know that they don't keep stats as well on the uh, defensive side of the ball uh rappelier moved up joey schlaffer moved up um so that's that that was one that caught my attention um he's up uh, to to number 234 i didn't realize he was 253 to begin with so um he's uh he's number
1: three in the state now
0: by i the way. i saw his tweet this morning and i had to double check to make sure um unfortunately tamir robinson without playing and coming off of a of a major knee injury that's going to be something that he has to deal with and it's going to be something that I, I hate to say will affect his projection, but you know, he's gonna have to recover and and be the same player after a knee injury. And not everybody does that. Uh Anthony Donka is is the really interesting one to me. Two seventy-two, total projection. Um, having a really great year at Light Ridge. Um, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball, getting into the quarterback. Um, but uh yeah, those are kind of my takeaways from this. I think it's uh, a really good group to have 12 in the top 300. Um, I think uh, for a class that doesn't have a ton of momentum right now, and you see Zion Tracy on your screen, if you're viewing on YouTube, um, he's in there at 253 a lot because of his numbers and and things like that. But uh, yeah, just uh, it's a really good, really strong group. Uh, Probably not the early impact that the 2022 class had, but that class is going to set a really high bar for uh, guys that are coming going to come in and make it, make an impact right away. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear, check breakfast, lunch, and dinner, check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app.
1: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. As we've seen over the last uh, three weeks, of course. So a couple things I'll add there real quick. Uh, The Tamir Robinson thing, as you said, Charles made it pretty clear. It's like, look, we're watching elite linebackers progress every week. And it's just as much as they don't want to move guys down, it's really hard to justify it when look, Tamier missed, I think still like half of last season as well. Right. I mean, I thought it was played a handful of games. And so it's, you know, you're talking about if he doesn't come back this year, which is still kind of up in the air, he's working out. Let's see how it plays out. Uh, I mean, you're talking about maybe only if he doesn't come back, you're talking about like five games over the course of the last two years. And then you're watching, obviously there's a lot of good linebackers across the country, their progress, yeah, that that had a big impact on that. I mean, Charles made it very clear if he comes back and plays well, uh, he 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 he'd like to potentially move Tamir back up. The one thing Tamir has is that length, and there's not a lot of length nationally this year at linebacker. That's something Charles has been searching for uh, in these rankings. Zion Tracy, we've talked about these these numbers that he's put up, elite athletic system, and then you know his length is better than I think we talked about this last week, Sean. His length is better than what most people understand. You know, he's not he's not that Joey Porter from a height perspective, but his reach and those things are, are pretty good. So that stands out. Charles really likes his move to corner. He primarily was a wide receiver in the past. So he thinks that move to corner When you add in those testing numbers and the length and the film you've seen so far, that's a big reason behind that move. He's now a four-star player. And then Donko, mm-hmm. man, he's always had the frame. He's always had the, the uh, strength and athleticism. You know, now he's just starting to put it together from a technique perspective. And, and Charles was saying, you know, obviously Javen and Birchmeyer, they're, they're in, an, a, a difference here being at being top uh, 100 guys but but Donko man he he's just now really kind of starting to put it together and if he can continue to to progress on that uh, Phil Troutwine's going to have himself three excellent offensive linemen and uh, maybe a fourth if he can get one down the road but but Charles really likes what he's seen from those guys and uh yeah well there's i mean but 12 I mean if you would have told me they would have had 12 top 300 guys what back in May or so I I probably would have bet against it if I'm being honest with you. So I think it's, I think it's pretty good for Penn state. Well, especially (laughs) when you got to June then too, it looked like they were going to have like 16, 17 guys, of course, or July, I guess we should say, but uh, that's the ups and downs of recruiting guys. And uh, I think so far, you know, with the top 12 class, 12 guys inside the on 300, uh, it's a pretty good class overall. There is one other guy we need to talk about in the on 300. He's not committed to Penn state right now, but he's coming up this weekend Edwin Joseph, uh, top athlete out of Chaminade-Madonna. Sean and I were working on this last week. I kind of hinted at it in the podcast that he might be up on campus soon. Uh, We we wrote a story on, uh, was it Sunday night, uh, confirming that he will be up this weekend Big visit here. Uh, He's going to be a wide receiver, I think, for Penn State. They're trying to figure out how important wide receiver is compared to running back and some other positions. They only have a handful of scholarships uh, left, of course. Uh, But getting him up, especially after that Miami offer, after a Florida State offer, after a Louisville offer, all of which are to play cornerback, by the way, Uh, Penn State needed to get him on campus to keep momentum going. They're going to get that chance this weekend. Sean, what are your thoughts?
0: He's a popular dude these days. Got uh, a ton of a ton of interest from actual, you know, the Florida school, two of the big three offered this week or last week, I think it was Mm -hmm. Um, having a great senior year Uh, doing a lot of that as a playmaker on offense, but I can see the appeal of putting him at corner. Um, Penn state has been recruiting him for a long, long time as a receiver it's funny, man. Some of these guys uh, that you maybe put in a lower tier just all of a sudden just pop out on their on their senior film and go from a guy that was Penn State and Utah. I mean, tell me how that makes sense. Kid from South Florida, Penn State and Utah are the two schools. And then all of a sudden, he's a very popular target. And you know, I think some other big schools are still taking a look as well. So um, Edwin Joseph, to get him up on campus, finally, um, they, they had talked about getting him up uh, for the whiteout game for a while, and then all of a sudden they kind of force their hand with all these other offers. So get them on campus as soon as you can. Jaywan Sider has got a, a great relationship, not only at that school, but, but with Joseph as well. So um, you gonna see what happens. I mean, you're gonna see if those long-term um, relationship building skills play out on this one.
1: Yeah. And the other, one big thing to note with this weekend too, compared to whiteout weekend is that Shaman Amadana plays on Thursday. So that's a big part of this too. You can get him up, Semi-early on Friday, probably early afternoon, something like that. Uh, and it just gives the staff a, a, all of Friday to, to really hang out with him, get to know his family. I, I interviewed Edwin, like I said, on Sunday. You know, his big thing was I feel comfortable with the staff. I know Coach Stubbs. I know Cider. I'm talking to Franklin all the time. My family doesn't really know them too much yet. So that'll be massive there's a good thing is Penn State probably does as good of a job with that uh, as anybody out there when it comes to taking care of families on official visit. Not that obviously that's always important for all these schools, but uh, well, I don't know how many players we've talked about, you know, love that part of, of how much their family gets taken care of during these trips.
0: Yeah, if, if you're Penn State, you're hoping that that relationship and the comfort level can overcome the distance because that's going to come into play at mm-hmm. some point. Uh, you're going to see how hard it is to get to State College, not only for for Joseph for just a weekend, but for a family on a football weekend. That's something you have to take into account. Um, but yeah, like I said, they've done a great job in, you know, if that kid's in Virginia, he's probably already in the class, but uh, they've they've done a great job of, of sort of setting the base and, and setting the table. And they have had success like that with Florida kids in the past couple of cycles. And, you know, you see a couple of guys that are, you know, coming up, coming up from Florida and, and playing right away and being comfortable. So I think that's really what you have to push if you're Penn state, because he is going to check out these other schools. I think he's been to Miami a handful of times, uh, you know, since, uh, since the season. Twice. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So that's a, uh, that's a handful for some, you never know. Some mm-hmm. small hand, some people, but I, <laughs> Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry. I'll be um,
1: curious. <laughs> A little thing I'll say here, Sean. I'll be curious to see if he goes visits Florida State. There's he hasn't talked about that yet with me. Uh, he did say he wants to go to Louisville for maybe an unofficial, and then an official later. Utah still wants to get him up for an official. His timeline seems to be down the road. Doesn't, but there's so much talk about Miami. We'll 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 see about that. You know, as you said, I, I think Miami should probably be considered the favorite there at the moment. They they see. I mean, he flat out said like. Distance from home isn't going to be an impact, but the fact that I can constantly visit Miami probably will impact me. So I I appreciated that honesty. I thought it was, uh, you know, that's what I would expect them to say, but not every recruit says that if I'm being blunt. Uh, One thing I'll say, just Ohio weekend doesn't look like it's going to be much of a visitor weekend. I think this is who we're going to be focused on maybe a couple committed guys, but right now it looks like mainly just a a handful of potential walk-on guys coming up. Uh, We'll see where that progresses later in the week but right now I think Edwin Jones was going to be the main guy. I think Javen Williams said he's going to come up maybe one or two other commits but uh looks like a pretty down week. I would expect Northwestern to probably be a little bit down although it's a 3:30 kick now. 330 so kick maybe him. they can yeah, maybe they can get some some more guys up for that. But uh Go ahead, John.
0: Yeah, it's just Mac opponent, noon kick. I mean, just kind of set the table for – and it's not the – you know, the Ohio was a little boost because of the lemming thing, So and it was the home opener. So there's not much – from a recruiting standpoint, there's not much going for it, and that's fine. I mean, you're going to have games like this, and they always have games mm-hmm. like this. And, um, you know, you, you just hope that when you host a 2025 or 2026 kid, maybe he turns into something, this becomes a one of his core memories in his recruiting.
1: Mm-hmm. It's also why I'm heading off to see Quentin Martin on Friday night. You guys can uh, keep an eye on those recruits for me. I will be driving back late night from Pittsburgh. He's playing Thomas Jefferson, by the way, that this is like a pretty big game. Quentin's been telling me for months this is the game I got to attend. Bell Vernon, Thomas Jefferson. So looking forward to seeing what he can bring on Friday night. Actually, I, I already hope you, I
0: hope you can go viral seven. again. Yeah, I hope you can go viral <laughs> again. So.
1: Hey, I didn't expect that to happen. I mean, I knew it was a massive hit, but uh, yeah, a lot of people took notice of that. All right, big news. RPM, Sean, you've already put one in. I'm joining you now. Kevin Haywood. Guys, this kid's coming to Penn State. At least I think he is. Sean thinks he is as well. Uh, 6'7, 280 uh, offensive tackle prospect out of Archbishop Wood. I'm jumping on the bandwagon with Sean. A few of our other colleagues have done so as well. I just think it's a matter of time here. And I think it could be a little bit sooner than later. Uh, Sean, just kind of what are your thoughts with Haywood here? I I think we both totally agree that this is Penn State's to lose.
0: You just don't like to leave things open to interpretation, do you? Uh, I mean, Mm. really, anything can happen. Uh, He's got some, some good offers so far, and I think some more schools. I mean, he's just getting his feet under him as a high school player, as a starter at tackle. And and so far looks really good uh, doing so. It came up to camp uh, twice for Penn state this summer, earn an offer there. And now that you've got it on tape, you're feeling pretty good about it. Penn state's pushing. Um, we said, or, or I said, when they put in the pick that he was in no hurry in talking to some people, they think it might be sooner to sooner than they think. So, um, you know, you got Cooper cousins in the boat. If you can push Kevin Haywood across the board, uh, or, or across the line, then you you're in a really good spot there. So I agree with your pick here. Obviously I've already put mine in. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's the type of guy that you want to lock up. And I mean, this is a big kid. He's six, seven plus, uh, he's, he's still, I think he's still growing. Um, he's definitely a, a bona fide tackle. So you always want to get as many of those as you can get. And, um, you know, you sometimes see guys that are, are offered early that, maybe aren't on the target list. This is a guy that seems to be trending up.
1: I'm pulling a T Frank here. He always does this to me and throwing a question that we didn't discuss before. Um, Any other 2024s that you're thinking about putting a a pick in for? I mean, I know it's still really early, but are there a couple other guys you'd be interested in? Um, Just, just curious what your thoughts on there. I I have a picking for
0: Dom Nichols. And I think those are the two that you just look at and you say these, these two make sense. Um, given where they're at right now, I don't think there's a, a, you know, an urge to, to, to move forward for a lot of these kids. They want to see games. They want to maybe check out those junior days in the off season. So um, it's just a matter of what's in your backyard and how interested those kids are. I mean, you remember playing NCAA 13 or whatever and some guys that you would offer and they commit right away. I mean, that, <laughs> those are the type that's, that's a Cooper cousins type thing, you know, and, and, and there's not a ton of them hanging around that are in your echelon of where you're recruiting right now. And, and I think that that's really, um, something to keep in mind. So those, those easy, those easy ones, quote unquote, um, nothing's ever easy in recruiting, but, uh, those easy ones are few and far between, especially in the internet era. When these guys want to have offers, these guys want to see schools and they want to, um, check out things and do photo shoots and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think nobody really screams um I'm coming to Penn State right now but that's something that they're working on and that's something that they're doing fine with I mean I don't think I don't look at this 2024 class and say and panic because there's only one guy in it so far I think they're doing a good job in setting the table and and again those valuations continue I mean like I said uh, a minute ago there are guys that have offers right now who have played the first month of their season and Penn State's and, and and a lot of schools are just kind of like, okay, well, we're just going to move on to the next guy, and and mm-hmm. maybe something will happen with uh, with someone else on the board. So, um, it's it's an ever evo- evolving process, and I think that's kind of what you're seeing right now with the 2024 class.
1: All right, sorry for putting you on the spot. I had to do it. This is a good question. That's all really. That's all really for me today. I don't know, Sean, if you have any other final thoughts on just the Auburn game or looking ahead for for the for the season with the team. Um. You know, we're starting to get some guys talking about the Whiteout visits, but we'll we'll hit that up in, in weeks to come. But uh, you know, I just man, that was a massive win this past weekend. I, I didn't see forty-one to twelve coming. I told T. Frank on the podcast, "No way they win by three touchdowns." I looked like an idiot. Um, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. Just any other final thoughts you got?
0: No, I I, um, I think that that's uh, that's a great way to, to end it. You looking like an idiot. Uh, I I wanted to pick a blowout last week. I put the text up on, on tweet on Twitter or yeah on Twitter. I wanted to pick a blowout last week. It just couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, I think Penn State's going to be benefiting from that win, and it's going to be more of a slow burn than just a, a quick thing. We talked about that at the start, but uh, yeah. Other than that, I, I like your Moody Culture shirt. I'm a big fan of what they do. Um, a I t-shirt is great, as a, as I mentioned. So. <laughs> Um, but no, it's it's great to do that. Like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and, and check out the the one dollar special. It's not going to be around much longer. In fact, I'm looking at the the schedule right now. It's not going to be around very long at all. Um, so definitely check us out. Had an S zone yesterday. We've got uh, a ton of stuff, and really, this crew, I think, doing great things as from a coverage standpoint. I don't I don't think you're going to get coverage like this anywhere else.
1: One of these days, I'll remember to ask people to like the video before we end the video. T Frank, I'm sorry, buddy. But uh, that'll do it for us today on the Blue White Illustrated Recruiting Podcast. Like I said, we probably won't have a whole lot to talk about coming out of Ohio. I'm looking forward to go seeing Quentin Martin this this, uh, upcoming weekend. And, uh, man, the schedule is setting up well for Penn State. That Minnesota-Ohio State game looks like it's going to be pretty fun. But uh, that'll be it for us today. And uh, appreciate it, guys. Thank you.